Welcome to Better Conversations with me, Siham Sirene, giving you the words and the confidence for better conversations in leadership. That's what I do in each episode. I explore strategies and I love sharing questions and phrases for you to play around with and make your own. This recording happens live at Better Conversations on YouTube, so you might like to chat with me there and drop me a conversation challenge. Today is quite a difficult discussion topic um, around layoffs, and I have a thought that I want to share with you about healing in those conversations, in those very same conversations as delivering that very difficult news. And and this came up as a result of um, discussions in our community. We have a space for leaders who coach graduates um, to refresh on the skills. So we continue to learn and we revisit things. And the topic that we were covering this week was around feelings and concerns. So being able to, as a leader, be in that space. Um, And it's quite a difficult space. Um, Just generally, um, it's sufficient to say that most of us struggle to talk about feelings in conversations, especially work ones. Different with our friends and family, but still, that, that may still be difficult. But generally, conversations around feelings are difficult and some of us even struggle to pick up on language that the other person is using that may indicate a certain feeling that they're trying to convey um, and and I this comes up again and again for many leaders um, that um, are in our community and so that's the baseline right is talking about feelings is awkward And it also depends on the quality of uh, or the depth of your relationship or emotional connection with someone as to how far you could take a conversation around feelings. There's a lot at play. Now, when it comes to layoffs, those feelings are inflamed, um, perhaps is a good word to use. And the feelings that um, people are often left with are anger, why me? Shame. I'm embarrassed that um, in my network of friends, I'm someone who's lost their job, but my friends haven't, or my family members haven't. Um, Depression can set in really quickly, a lot of self-doubt, a sense of why me? How how do they pick me? Um, So there's a sense of injustice in there as well, and sadness, and grief as well, because we're leaving the space where we've invested a lot of energy. We've got a strong emotional attachment to our work, our teammates, um, the environment, uh, the customers maybe that we're dealing with. So all of these things are present. Now, the other thing that um, people talk about experiencing and um, having been through it myself uh, at both sides, on both sides of it, uh, both sides of the equation of being involved in decision making and delivering the news and being a recipient of that news. Um, There is a lot of loss of confidence um, 
and we lose our peers and we lose our purpose. So there's mixed in with that loss of confidence is is all these other losses um, that can bring on grief. And that's just the individual receiving the news. There are, you know, there's there's grief that happens on the other side as well for people who are left within, uh, who stay in the organisation. If you're the person delivering that news, it's natural to have some anxiety around that, to be fearful um, for lots of different reasons. It might be, I'm having to deliver this news and I don't know how someone's going to respond. There's a lot of energy put into here. It's exhausting, it's draining. So that can make us anxious trying and in anticipating what lies ahead, a day of com- difficult conversations. Really important to notice that, but take some time to reflect on what is it that's causing you exactly to feel this fear and this anxiety um, and think about ways that you can look after yourself during these periods of having to, to deliver very difficult news and be uh, witness to the sadness that that brings on for other people. That's a tough place to be. For the recipient receiving the news, it's shattering. So many of our plans, expectations, hopes for the months ahead, work that we were getting ready to do or in the middle of, it's the news is very shattering. Um, and even if you have heard the rumours and you think you're you're on the list, um when you hear it can still be devastating. People know when something is afoot. Um, Our dynamics naturally change, people distance from us. So there's lots of signals that say we might be on the list um, and um, we can do our best to manage that communication sequence um, as an organization or as a team dealing with the layoffs but believe me there's plenty of signals people pick up that they know something's afoot that's something to really hold um, in the forefront as we're preparing for these conversations now in the conversations there are two functions that need fulfilling one is delivering the news and the second one is helping to heal And I want to explain why I think the healing could happen, could start to happen at the same time. It comes down to how we deliver that information, how we hold that space for someone. It can make the difference between them walking out angry and walking out sad. So anger can be a really difficult emotion. It keeps us stuck. Sadness is something that we can move forward through. It takes time, but we can move forward through. And there's a few ways that kind of create that forward motion for us. But anger is such a strong um, emotion to have that um, it can really keep people stuck. So the best outcome in a conversation is that you actually have delivered the news, have allowed that to sink in, and can hold that space for somebody, whatever emotions they experience. And we all experience shock and differently. So 
we have to bear that in mind. We have to be ready to hold that space for people. Whatever emotion they have is the emotion that's right for them, that they are needing to express in that moment. So our job is to hold that space. And in holding that space, we actually, as strange as it sounds, create an opportunity for some kind of emotional connection. Even in the sadness, it's possible to create an emotional connection and a signal or send a message that says, we care about you. I care about you. That is such an important part of that moving on step. And um, so just some tips in here. When it comes to delivering the actual information, keep the messages simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't give people lots of data because I can tell you, if I'm in a state of shock, I can't take in all the information you're giving me. So keep the information simple and make it really clear by repetition that they can come back to you if they've got any questions, that, you're, that they're going to receive further information, that you can go to this person if um, you, as you process this, you have some things that you want to ask. So just keep those messages really clear and, and signal where they can get follow-up support or have a follow-up conversation. And you need to be clear in your mind about what does that look like for you. It's about not overloading because they're not going to be receptive to too much information. There's one message they're getting and that is they no longer have a job. And so that needs to be processed. Some of us process things really quickly. Others, it just takes time. The shock might come after the meeting. Someone might seem really okay in the meeting and then the news really sinks in and then the shock sets in. So just allow for that. Whatever shows up is fine. It's normal. It's okay. So, and just make sure they know where to get further information later. Holding the space for them is super important. So having clear messages as you go when going into the meeting, delivering those, not getting caught up in the natural reaction that someone has got, um, not feeling in a situation where you have to justify the decision that you've made because your messages should be really clear about the why and what's happening. Um, so don't get caught up in all of that. All you have to do is be silent. Just hold the space. Let that news sink in. It's big news. And if we, if we respond to the sort of the triggers or the reactions, then the messaging can get really muddy and the anger can set, can set in really quickly because you're not answering my questions. I've got this question and you haven't given me a good response. If it's a valid question and you don't have a response, but don't feel like you have to respond there in the moment, Go away, find out what the actual response is, give a considered response and then deal with it. Because the, the risk is that if you feel under pressure to give a reply, you might give an unhelpful reply or an inaccurate reply. So better to say, I'm not sure about that. Let me come back to you.
or I need to think about that, I'll come back to you. So that's super important because that can set us off on a whole other trajectory that's unhelpful as the receiver. Be around after. Um, if there are two of you in the meeting delivering that information, um, then great, one person focuses on delivering the message and the other person focuses on that, keeping that person center in the conversation. So holding that space, allowing for some quiet. That's how that feels, just being held in that space, okay? Um, being around after allows for that person who's looking after the feelings to check in. Just, just be available. I'm here. Walk out with them. If you're doing it face to face, walk out of the room with them. Settle them into their desk or where they're going. If there's, if ideally, you know, if there's someone that can be just observant to them or support them, you know, like a best thing I can think of right now is like a waiting room, just someone who can take care of you post the news. Um, that's a, an ideal situation, but that could be you. It could just be you being around. And look, you don't need to say very much at all. You really, I think uh, often we feel we uh, need to say something comforting, but often we don't know what to say. And it's okay to not say very much at all and just be with them. Hey, do you want to take a walk? Should we go and get a coffee? You don't need to feel under any pressure to try and say the right thing, find the right words, because we can't possibly know what might be going on for them. But just being there, holding that space for them, if they want to open up and share what's going on in their heads, they will. And if they don't, they don't. That's absolutely fine. If they want to distract themselves and talk about, I don't know, something else that's happened, something inconsequential but it's just distracting and it's how they cope with um, what's going on absolutely fine all you have to do is just be there that says so much and this is part of that healing process it's allowing them to absorb the information but know that they are supported right so staying in touch after the news is super important um, when they get a new job I'm jumping ahead a bit here. But when they when they find a new role, share that news with the team. Let the, the rest of the team who stayed know how these individuals are getting on because they were their colleagues. Um, they The individual who's left may be smarting a bit. They may be feeling that shame and embarrassment and don't know how to respond to the offers of support. They're, that's a difficult space to be sometimes is to ask for help or be receiving of that support or help. Uh, many of us are really uncomfortable with it. So, but that doesn't mean you stop checking in. Keep checking in. Be there, even if you get nothing back. Okay, just make sure that they know that you're still there and supportive for them. And it helps the people who've remained because... There's guilt about remaining. The more that we can maintain these ties and connections. Goodness, we've spent hours and hours and hours working with each other. To just cut it off dead like that is, is a function of business, 
that an individual can no longer come into this space. But that doesn't mean we as human beings, as colleagues, as peers need to have that kind of closed door. So how we feel and are treated at the time of receiving the news and immediately after is important. And as I was saying at the very beginning, it can be the difference between being stuck and angry and feeling sad, but supported, knowing that you've got options that peers are looking out for you, that you've got somewhere to go and have a conversation, that people haven't cut you off and you still are important to them. So I hope that's helpful. I'd love to know what you think. If you've got other tactics or strategies or things that are super important to you about honouring your values, about how you show up in these very difficult conversations, do let me know. Do do check out the other video that um, I did recently, which was about delivering bad news with compassion it's relevant here, how you actually have that conversation and deliver that information. Do check out that video um, because I cover it there. If you like this episode, give it a thumbs up, um, share it with uh, folks. I think this could be really helpful for all parties involved. If you are interested in some of these skills, uh, these are coach leader skills um, in conversations. If you're interested in those, do check out our course, Leaders Who Coach. We have programs that run, uh, public programs that run through the year, and um, we run uh, internal company cohorts as well for organizations that are looking to establish more of a coaching culture style. And what that is, is leaders having the skills of coaches like myself, um, so that because you're at the front line, you're the ones having those meetings uh, and conversations back to back often. And um, we want to get more out of those conversations. We want to empower people. We want that accountability much more easily. We want to do less heavy lifting as leaders so that we've got time to take care of people and be more strategic and empower our team members to own uh, and enjoy the work that they're doing. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next week.